This podcast is brought to you by HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, the leading online publication for risk management and security professionals within the healthcare industry. This is Howard Anderson, Executive Editor at HealthCareInfoSecurity.com, welcoming you to Editor's Choice for the top news and views of March 2011. In the news this month, at least three state agencies are investigating Insurer HealthNet's recent breach incident that may have affected 1.9 million individuals nationwide. If the total number of individuals affected holds up, the January incident will be the largest reported so far under the Tech Act breach notification rule. The California Department of Insurance will conduct an investigation into whether HealthNet did everything it could have done to avoid and appropriately remedy this security breakdown, said Dave Jones, insurance commissioner. Meanwhile, the California Department of Managed Healthcare and the Connecticut Attorney General's Office also announced they are conducting investigations. The breach was the result of server drives missing from a California data center managed by IBM. The January incident marks the second time HealthNet has reported a major health information breach stemming from a missing drive. In the wake of a similar HealthNet incident in May 2009, which involved the loss of a computer disk drive that affected up to 1.5 million consumers nationwide, former Connecticut Attorney General Richard Blumenthal last July reached a settlement with the insurer. HealthNet agreed to a $250,000 payment and a corrective action plan. That case marked the first time a state attorney general filed a HIPAA civil lawsuit as enabled by the High Tech Act. HealthNet also was fined by the Connecticut Insurance Department and the Vermont Attorney General in connection with that 2009 incident. In this month's featured blog, I note that when an organization experiences a healthcare information breach, it's well served by spelling out as many details as possible about the steps it's taking to avoid future breaches. After all, maintaining consumers' trust is crucial to success. But three recent breach incidents, each involving the loss or theft of backup drives, illustrate that some organizations are doing a far better job than others in informing consumers about the steps they're taking to prevent breaches. For example, while HealthNet shared no details about its breach prevention efforts in the aftermath of its incident, Merrillville Academy in Illinois spelled out its breach prevention steps following a much smaller incident, and New York City Health and Hospitals also provided details. I'll be back after a short break with the rest of our Editor's Choice for March. Are you responsible for your institution's regulatory compliance program? Do electronic medical records, patient privacy, or data breaches keep you up at night? Do you have any certifications which require continuing professional education credit hours? The solution to your problems may be the HealthCareInfoSecurity.com Educational Webinar Library. You'll find plenty of courses that align with your core responsibilities. Visit HealthCareInfoSecurity.com for more information on how to access these webinars. Welcome back. In this month's featured interview, Terrell Herzig, Information Security Officer at UAB Medicine, discusses the steps he's taking in the wake of the attack against RSA's SecureID two-factor authentication products. For example, UAB Medicine, which makes extensive use of SecureID, is stepping up its vigilance in reviewing authentication manager logs to look for such activity as a high number of failed attempts to authenticate. Here's a clip from that interview. Some of the information we've got from RSA tells what to look for in those log files, and I would encourage users to um, to go out to the RSA website, consult their uh, remediation guidance, 
that they're suggesting. Uh, there's a lot of good tips in that, and specifically in that log monitoring things, they need to look for you know a high number of uh, failed uh, attempts to authenticate, and then of course some of the other token code events that they note in their best practices guideline for log management, which is out on the RSA website. I would recommend that customers go out and look at that and step up their vigilance when it comes to reviewing those logs. One of the things that they uh, continue to go back to is to make sure that the authentication manager database and server it's running on is secure. And here, uh, that's one of our key things. We always segment our infrastructure in such a way that we have multiple firewall coverage in situations for authentication servers and things like that. And don't give a whole lot of people access to those authentication servers. You want to kind of keep, uh, keep those keys to the kingdom locked up themselves. Be sure to visit healthcareinfosecurity.com for all the latest news, interviews, blogs, and more. This is Howard Anderson. Thanks so very much for listening. This podcast has been brought to you by healthcareinfosecurity.com. For more interviews, breaking news, research, and educational webinars, please visit www.healthcareinfosecurity.com.